solo mente. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, everybody, to the Hyundai edition, the Wednesday edition of Locked On Texans podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I am one half of the Locked On Texans duo, Johnstone Sports Guy Hickman, here to tell you about the live fantasy football show. Have fantasy football questions you need answered before your draft? Don't miss Locked On Fantasy Live on Wednesday, August 18th, today at 9 p.m., steaming over on the Locked On NFL YouTube page. Subscribe now so you don't miss it. Our stable of fantasy experts will answer your questions live or submit them ahead of time to Locked On NFL Network on Twitter. Cody Davis, John, some sports guy hit. We're back for another one. What's going on, Cody? Yes, sir. And on this latest installment of Locked On Texans, John and I are going to discuss some roster changes that the Houston Texans made on Monday with the cut of Isaiah Coulter and the trade of Keon Carlson. What does that mean for every single one of these position groups? And then we're going to close out this latest installment of Locked On Texans, looking at some quick takeaways of everything that took place on yesterday's practice and a very interesting take that Ross Blacklock shared during his media availability on yesterday. But to get this latest installment of Locked On Texans kicked off, John and I want to take a little bit of an in-depth look into the performance of Davis Mills. He made his debut during the Texans' 26-7 preseason victory against the Green Bay Packers. And John, listeners, if I had to grade Davis Mills' performance, I would give him a B. I understand he did not throw a touchdown. And yes, I understand he did throw an interception. But you have to admit that Davis Mills' debut was a little bit better than what people expected, especially when you compare his performance to a lot of other rookies throughout this league. I would say you can make the argument that his performance on Saturday was a little, a little bit better than Jordan Love's performance. He completed 50% of his passes, throwing for 112 yards. And although he was inconsistent at times, John and listeners, the one thing I loved about Davis Mills, he showcased his arm strength. He showcased his mobility and the ball placement. Nearly every single time he threw the ball, no matter if it was an incompletion or not, the ball was almost perfectly placed in the receiver's hand. I think Mills' best plays, best two plays, as a matter of fact, came in an incompletion. He threw two deep ball passes, one to Anthony Miller and the other one to Kiki QT. And even though those passes ended in an incompletion, what I like most about that, he showcased the three attributes that I just finished talking about. The arm strength, the mobility, and the ball placement. And if you go back and take a look at those plays, the ball nearly slipped out of the hands of both QT and Miller. You know, actually, my favorite play for Mills uh, over this Saturday was, I want to say, Scotty Phillips ran a slant. And uh, he delivered that pass in between two defenders right on the money. Mm -hmm. Right where... You know, it kind of, you know, like I said, right in between two defenders got there quickly. So we saw the velocity that, you know, uh, you and I and other reporters in the city of Houston has mentioned. Uh, we saw, like you mentioned, some good ball placements. 
but I'm not getting really hyped over an incomplete pass uh, or the mobility, you know, the arm strength or the mobility because, you know, quite honestly, we've seen that before in this league, uh, specifically for Houston. Like, we've seen Brock Osweiler. He had the arm strength. We've seen other quarterbacks that has played for Houston outside of Deshaun Watson that was more mobile than another uh, quarterback on this roster, right? So I'm not really going to, you know, really jump through hoops or I'm not going to sing praises to the sky for that. But I just believe that he looks more comfortable than I thought he would. Uh, He looks like he looked like he had more of a grasp on what the team wanted him to do on Saturday, his assignment, and went out there and tried to get it done and also tried to get it done his way. So um, I'm not really – like Mills had a good outing. Let me not take that away from him. Mills made some good decisions. Mills is still your second-string quarterback. But what I will say is – Going into this Saturday's game against the Dallas Cowboys, I think that, you know, he'll play some more snaps. It'll be a good mixture of, I think he'll be out there with some first-team players or guys that are fighting for a first-team role, whether it be the linebacker, sorry, whether it be linemen or the wide receiver core, running back core. You know, he'll be out there with some first-teamers playing against the Dallas Cowboys uh, BMA the preseason, but still the Dallas Cowboys, right? So uh, I, I'm expecting, well, I'm looking forward rather to see him uh, take what he did on Saturday and just add to it. But specifically for Saturday, you know, I'm not saying that I'm not impressed, but the arm strength and the mobility, these were some of the things that people raved about. Jamarcus Russell. These are some of the things. Wow. Jamar- Jamarcus no, Russell no, I'm and not, Davis I'm not, I'm not, Mills. No, I'm not nowhere near comparing them. I'm saying these are some of the things that people said about Russell. People said about uh, Josh Rosen, who was just let go. Uh, his, he's going to be looking for his 15 in, in, in the last four years. Uh, even Josh Allen, when he first came in the league, not the Josh Allen we saw last year, but his mobility and his arm strength was two key attributes to why people believed in him a lot. And he struggled his first couple of years. So, you know, I'm not going to get too caught up into those descriptions of his game, but I was impressed by his game on Sunday, Saturday rather. To be quite honest, and I think you could agree with this as well, Every time I talk about Davis Mills, I'm always talking about his ability to escape the pocket um, when the pressure starts to come. But that's against a Houston Texans defense. We saw it on Saturday against the Green Bay Packers, but that was against what? Their B team at best. On Saturday, he's going to be playing against arguably the best defensive team that he has played on the NFL level so far. Especially knowing that on the opposite side of that line of scrimmage is going to be rookie linebacker Michael Parson. That is going to be a really good test to determine whether or not Davis Mills can really escape the pressure when that pocket starts to collapse. I'm very excited to see what Davis Mills has in store for us on Saturday. Look, I'm not sitting here saying that he's going to be 
the next franchise quarterback. And I still believe best case scenario for him for this upcoming season is to develop, develop, and develop. Red shirt this year if you have to. But Saturday, especially from what I've seen in practice last week, is a very good indication that there is something special in that young man. Hey, you know what? I want to say this. I just mentioned Josh Rosen. I think everybody can agree with the craziness. And I do mean craziness surrounding Deshaun Watson now. The, the FBI is not involved, right? Uh, but with everything going on with Watson, there's no way we're going to count him towards the depth chart. So that does leave you with Davis, Mills, and Jeff Driscoll. I think everybody can agree Jeff Driscoll is one of those players that should be replaced. Jeff Driscoll is a player that Houston front office should be looking around the NFL and trying to figure out, you know, who can they bring in to get this guy out the building, right? No disrespect to Jeff Driscoll, but he just didn't look good on Saturday. And you know he's not a part of anything of an immediate future. The man threw for two yards on the six attempts. The man threw for two <laughs> yards on six attempts. Uh, and I said when the preseason started, Houston should definitely scout around the preseason, around the league, rather, to find some quarterbacks to replace Jeff Driscoll. Josh Rosen was just released. Uh, we really don't know what Josh Rosen has in the tank, but I think he can come in and compete with Jeff Driscoll's job. I just want to put that out there. Whether it's Josh Rosen or not, Houston should definitely look at a replacement for Jeff Driscoll moving forward. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, NFL, and all of your UFC MMA action. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with promo code locked on. Bet Online is your online sportsbook experts. We are at the midway mark of the week. It is Wednesday. They are in the news for some of their recent transactions. Keon Crossan traded to the New York Giants for a 2022 six-round pick, I believe. And the Houston Texans released Isaiah Coulter, wide receiver draft the last year. Bill O'Brien's last draft. Uh, Houston did let him go on Monday, actually. Houston had to get their roster down to 85. So with trading of Keon Crossing, that helps. Isaiah Coulter getting released, that helps. Lane Taylor and um, Marcus Cannon, that they also help because they are on the PUP list. And Cody, am I missing one more uh, transaction that kind of helps Houston get to the 85 mark before they have to go through the first big round of cuts. And on yesterday, the Texans did place running back Dontrell Hilliard on the injured reserve list. So, you know, Nick Casario and the Texans basically had an easy day on the first waves of cuts. But, John, listeners, I'm not too surprised that Isaiah Coulter got cut. You know, this is a guy who was drafted in the fifth round under the last regime um, with Bill O'Brien at the Hams and we did not get an opportunity to see him touch the field at all last season and to be quite honest with you guys Coulter was a name that I honestly forgot 
watching practice throughout training camp, which means he did not do anything special. And that's part of the reason why he is not here today. But when I take a look at Keon Cross and John, the listeners, I'm a little bit surprised that Nick Casario and the Texans made that move because ever since the start of training camp, I've been talking about the improvements the defense has made more so the secondary and Keon Crossan is a name was a name that I was very high on. He was one of the cornerbacks who have made several interceptions throughout camp. And I really thought that he can be an important piece to this Texans defense in which we will see a lot of improvements for this 2021 season. Yeah, I was kind of taken aback by Keon Cross, and I thought he had been having a very good camp. You know, I thought that he's shown that he can be very valuable as maybe like your fourth cornerback, you know, or you're uh, a guy that can play very well and very big on special teams for Houston. So I was very kind of thrown off by that, to be completely honest. But for but for Isaiah Kohler, I just think he was the you know wrong guy, wrong place, wrong time type of deal. Like right guy, wrong time, or whatever the case is. Like maybe in the next lifetime they'd be in a perfect situation. But he came into this team in the COVID season with Bill O'Brien running rampant, destroying this team, and he never had a fair shot. Uh, when you know that a new guy is coming in to construct the construct the roster how he wants and you didn't get playing time at all last year you kind of prepare yourself for I hate to say it the worst and uh, I wish him all the well in this league maybe he'll get picked up by another team it's just very it's incredibly hard because there's nothing that people can really go off of Right. And in our case, there was nothing Houston could really go off of as well outside of training camp and practice. And he just caught himself in, in a situation where everybody at that position was just having a better day than you. And that happened over and over again. That's how the NFL business works. But for that cornerback position, I'm kind of wondering what they feel they have in Vernon Hargraves. Yeah, Johnny, to that point, and I'm glad that you mentioned Vernon Hargraves because I was literally just about to ask you, do you think this might be one of those roster moves where the Texans might regret? Because as of right now, this cornerback room, we're looking at Bradley Roby, Terrence Mitchell, Desmond King, Hargraves, Tavier Thomas, Tremont Smith, Cornell Armstrong, and John Reed. I think we can all agree that Roby, Mitchell, King, those three guys are set in stone going to be the Texans' number one, number two, number three cornerbacks right. on and, this and, team. And on top of that, Lonnie Johnson was getting some uh, reps at cornerback at practice and training camp as well yesterday. But the only reason why I don't want to include him because he is this team number two, arguably number two best safety heading into the 2021 season. But once again, you talk about a guy who is versatile, which is another reason why I think he's going to be even better playing under Lovey Smith because Lovey Smith talked about that when he was hired, how excited he was to use the versatility of having somebody like Lonnie Johnson, who you can line up as your safety and your cornerback, depending on your matchup. But John, going back to this cornerback room, the trade of Keon Crossan showcased to me the 
competition that the Texans wanted to set up. <laughs> you know, you and I, a lot of fans, a lot of media, you know, we kind of made fun of the Texans them going into training camp creating this quote-unquote competition but when you think about it nearly every single one of these defensive backs that i just named all of these guys have had a very good training camp except for john reed who you know i, I kind of hate to put this out but i think he's going to be in that next group of players who do not make this roster possibly he was on my five players to look out for in the first round of cuts uh he and isaiah coulter was on that list along with jeff driscoll but he didn't make the cut yet. But yeah, I, I don't know how much of a regret it will be. I think Houston, you know, because they have a lot of guys left that they can use. And um, I, I think Houston is looking for somebody that may be more of an impact defensively than special teams because, you know, they're going to find guys to willingly play special teams in order to make this roster. Uh, and I, I still think that VH3 is a little bit more who fans are just kind of dogging out right now. But I think VH3 is having is 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 more talented than a Keon Crossing. He's also a player that's very unique and still needs to be used in the right situation. Because if he's not, then his flaws will be you know, his his flaws will be shined on if he's not in the right situation, right? Uh, but if he's used correctly and in a position where he doesn't have to, you're not asking him too much, I think his talent level will put Houston and this defense in positions to make plays more so than Keon Cross. That's just my opinion, though. Fans don't like it when you celebrate at practice, Cody, and you are, <laughs> and you are not – having good regular game days. But let's celebrate Built Bar, the best tasting bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market, bar none. You have the coconut, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel. There is something for everyone. If you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mixed box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. Not only are Built Bar flavors the best tasting, but they're healthy too. 17 to 18 grams of protein, Calories ranging from 130 to 180, only four to five grams of sugar and only four to five grams of net carbs. Order today and get that grasshopper cookie, raspberry, or whatever you like. Bill Bar is the official bar of the U.S. track and field team. Go to BillBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 15% off your first order by using promo code LOCKEDON for 15% off at BillBar.com. Betting on the NFL doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked On Best podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team, favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked On Best podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get podcasts. And before closing out this latest installment of Locked On Texans, just want to go over some quick events that took place during yesterday's practice. Lonnie Johnson Jr. continues to be 
impressive to say the least after recording an interception on davis mills on monday he backdoor on tuesday and recorded an interception from tyrod taylor and speaking of tyrod john listeners i hate to say this but tyrod had arguably his worst day of training camp not only did he throw an interception to lonnie johnson but he also threw another interception to tavier thomas and then he almost committed a fumble because of a botch handoff to brandon cooks it was just a bad day everybody don't have good days as i mentioned i hate to report it but it was just a bad day for tyrod taylor i don't think it's no need to get into an uproar on why he should not be the texans starting quarterback moving forward i don't want to switch gears right now last year jj watt talked about ross blacklock after he was injected for a game uh during that time jj watt called Ross Blacklock stupid and selfish, said that his play that got him kicked out the game was a stupid play. It was selfish. He's spoken to Ross Blacklock before. It pisses me off, said J.J. Watt. It's a selfish move late in the game. It's dumb, very dumb to hurt your team in that type of setting for no reason. Ross Blacklock responded to a question when asked what has been the difference for him this year. Ross Blacklock said, I can say the vibe and the energy is better. The culture here is a lot better. It's not like how it was last year. A lot of good guys around here. Culture, that's all about the team. The right guys in the locker room to make sure everybody's just one band. He continued with, guys are just trusting each other. Guys are respecting each other. More understanding of each other. And you'll see it when we play. We all play together as one team. No guy is selfish on this team. Everything about team, team, team. We try to preach that every day. Cody, was that a shot to J.J. Watts coming <laughs> last year? I think I kicked out the game. I don't know. I mean, I can understand why people think that. There's some similarity, especially with the word selfish being thrown around. John, I don't want to start no trouble. I honestly do not know. But I, I'm pretty sure you think that's a shot at JJ, correct? I'm gonna go with it was. <laughs> I'm gonna go with it was. I mean, I, I, only reason why I said it is because you know the frustration with this team was was at an all time high last year, and uh, JJ Watt, being who he is for this franchise, also, you, you know, kind of considering that. For J.J. to call somebody selfish, J.J. is, if you watch this game, J.J. is notoriously known for taking risky plays and it not working out for the favor of the defense. Like, there's many a times where I see J.J. bite down and the quarterback had a runner room, running lane to the outside for a big play. There's plenty of times where instead of keeping your outside containment, he cheated in and then boom. Running back busts off a 20-yard play down the right side of the field. So, you know, the pot calling the kettle black there. But for Ross, you know, he probably took it last year as in a, you could have handled this a better way outside of kind of blasting me in the media in front of everybody, man. You, you're a vet. You're a 10- to 12-year vet. You could have just said, hey, man, listen. This is where you're wrong. This is stupid. You could have said everything that you said in front of the media last year, personal and private, to me when there's nobody else around. Granted, J.J. Watt has spent a season here where the team 
was two and 14. He's seen some bad times with Houston. He's also seen some great times. And I think his frustration really was just at an all-time high because he was losing. He's tired of losing. So you can't blame a man for that, especially if someone's, especially someone like J.J. Watt and his caliber. But, yeah, that was a shot to J.J. <laughs> and you know what? Don't forget, the Texans and the Cardinals do play each other. So mm-hmm. let's see if Ross's uh, who shot you is going to ring loud and will he outproduce J.J. Watt on the day, on the day that they play. I'm Cody Davis, and this has been another installment of Locked On Texans, your daily podcast covering your favorite football team in the Houston Texans every single day here on the Locked On Podcast Network. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, it's Cody, C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Texans and like us on Facebook. Follow me on Twitter at Some Sports Guy as well. Until tomorrow, ladies and gentlemen, you guys be safe out there. Peace. You are Locked On Texans, your daily podcast on the Houston Texans. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.